0: Hi there, my name is Mary Kilolea. Welcome to the To Be Boulder podcast, providing career insights for the next generation of women in business and tech. To Be Boulder was created out of my love for technology and marketing, my desire to bring together like-minded women, and my hope to be a great role model and source of inspiration for my two girls and other young women like you. Encouraging you guys to show up and to be bolder and to know that anything you guys dream of, it's totally possible. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Hi there. Today's guest is Shelly Wagner. Shelley is the Chief of Staff and Technical Assistant for Client Security Strategy and Initiatives, Operations and Product Incident Response, Communications Lead for Intel. She has 20-plus years of experience in implementing operational vision, strategies, and multiple functions. She is an accredited professional certified coach, certified in project and change management. Shelly, you have such an impressive resume and have had such a rich career. I can't wait to dive in. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Well, thank you, Mary. I appreciate the invite.
0: Let's talk about your current role. Share with us what you do at a high level. Provide us some insights into your role and responsibilities. Okay. Well, I'm. I, I think I'm
1: lucky that I have uh, three or four roles here. <laughs> um, so, a chief of staff, a technical assistant. The technical assistant is somewhat. Um, like Intel, it may not be used outside. Chief of Staff, you run basically all the meetings. You make sure uh, the work is planned out, any kind of internal or external presentations for your boss you own. Um, And then it really depends on the focus of the manager. So for example, with COVID, There aren't a lot of keynotes, so we, um, to get our story out for security, I am managing uh, a podcast series uh, called Cybersecurity Podcast or Cybersecurity Inside, and we kicked it off last September, so that's been really fun because I had not done any marketing. (laughs) Oh, that's great! And then the product response team, so basically this this is across industries it really is when you identify evaluate and coordinate responses to a security what we call vulnerability and if you were going to think about this think about like if you if you remodeled your kitchen and you're single and 5 years later you have a couple kids and you find out that with them going in and out or something, it gets really cold. So you didn't plan for it, but it's a vulnerability. So um, I'm a comms lead, which means it's both internal and it's external facing. And we work with our customers to make sure that they understand what the vulnerability is, what the updates are, and coordinate all that communication with them.
0: Wow, you've got to be quite busy. (laughs) I
1: might be a little busier than I'd like. (laughs) It it ebbs and flows. What you hope is that the PRT, when it's really busy, that the other stuff is not. So right now, we're all busy. All of them are busy.
0: (laughs) Uh, um, And and I think there's got to be a level of trust there with you and who you're working with to a degree higher than most jobs, because you literally are making, I don't want to say making them look good, but... You are making them look good by pulling everything together and understanding it in a way that they want it conveyed.
1: Yes, and I think the great thing is, is I work with a great team. I'm, I'm. It's a new team. I mean, it formed a year ago, and it is a uh, really. It's a small team, but it's a gr- it's a great team, and that that helps my job. But there is um, a high degree of interaction. I mean, when you're a TA, chief of staff, you're working with your boss very closely.
0: What are some of the the perks, if you will, of being a a TA? So I assume travel would be a perk in normal circumstances.
1: So the TA position, uh, it tends to, um, you get a lot of information that you normally wouldn't get. For example, we get pass downs from the corporation because our boss may need it. Uh you mostly, I don't have to say, hey, my boss wants this. It pretty much says I'm a TA and it opens doors just because everybody knows what that is. And of course, the part that I like is with the chief staff, you know, you get to own a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't mind that. I, I'm very organized. And so running
0: staff and such, I kind of like that. Now, are TA roles like a, a two-year role or do they have Yes, a, it's a well,
1: so really depends. But what the, there's kind of this uh, unwritten rule that is between it's about 18 months. OK. Now, again, COVID's a little bit different because normally you'd be traveling a lot and there's a lot of keynotes. So usually it's vice presidents and above like corporate vice president and our fellow that is like a technical vice president. Those are the people who get TAs.
0: Got it. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the other roles that you've had within your career because I know you've been at Intel for a while. So, how many years have you been at Intel? we will hit thirty this June. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I can't wait to hear the different roles that you had in your in your career, your rich career. Okay, so I have been one of those people. So, some you know we have a
1: lot of engineers that have this you know deep technical. I'm not that person. I'm the person who is a more functional across. I have been fortunate to been be in have been in every function, every function. And I'm going to count marketing in what I'm doing today because that was the one thing I would say I've never done marketing and I used to say I never will, but never say <laughs> never. So I, even engineering. I've been in TMG with engineering. And I also, this is really going to age me. I spent three years at Nike and that was the transition management. They have formal transition management process. And so I've been really lucky to have a lot of different roles. Um, Probably in the last five years, a lot of ops directors, chief of staff. And then I have a tendency to fall into roles where I'm driving efficiencies. Mm -hmm. And part of it is I kind of call it my superpower. It's just how I think. Mm -hmm. Like how many keystrokes is that going to take us? And so I have done quite a bit of work on what we call our product development life cycle. How do you produce a product, which is what are your decision making? What's your governance? So it's like a process. I'm focusing on the process for hoping hoping to make the engineers more productive and make our decisions timely.
0: Um, now you you mentioned that you've fallen into roles, but I I've, I feel like you're g- not giving yourself the benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> have Have you um, navigated your career over the years in a strategic way, um, thinking when you took on one new role how that was going to get you to the next, or was it, you know, jobs opened because of the successes that you had in current roles? What's been your approach in that?
1: I kind of approach jobs in a way where I you know, I use this in coaching, I usually have three priorities that I can articulate. This is, mm-hmm. this is kind of my priorities of what I want out of a job. By the way, it changes as you age. Mm-hmm. And so when you are thinking about changing, I really look at the three priorities. And if I'm starting to look, I look at the organization, the leader, who may not be the manager, by the way, then the manager, and then the job. And I have what, so did I say, oh, I'm, missing marketing, for example. Now, mostly it'd be like, what's that organization look like? And can it offer what I want? And I have had a lot where a job has opened up and, you know, someone said, hey, why don't you think about doing this? So fortunately, a lot hasn't been me looking at jobs online and trying to find something. But um, I us- usually try to take a pretty systemic view of where I'm going to be and,
0: you know, how much risk I want to take. That That is so important. The, the thought process and things that you consider is really the environment of the group that you're going to go in, the leadership in which that group is um, driven by, because ultimately that trickles down. It does. What are some other important questions that you ask yourself um, or give advice for those that you coach uh, on looking at taking a role?
1: Well, I think... Um... Uh, one of the things besides the three priorities is, so if I if I was going to say, hey, Mary, I, I see you're looking at three different jobs. Tell me about them. And even if I'm not on video and I'm just listening to your voice, I can tell which ones you're excited about. Mm. And to me, that's important. I mean, some people may not do it, but that keeps us engaged and active. So I think it's important to be excited and, may, and maybe to understand why you're excited, but you don't really need to. And then for me, it's, uh, and I think most people, you have to, it has to make you a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to learn and grow. Otherwise, you're going to get bored in six months. So, um, and then, of course, there's the conversation depending on where they are in their career and if they want to get promoted, what the scope looks like.
0: Right. Um, What have been some of your biggest challenges that you faced over your career and how have you uh, successfully dealt with them?
1: So I think the biggest challenge I had is in my mid thirties, I was diagnosed with a uh, autoimmune disease. Mm. And at the time, you know, it was like, you know, Hey, you have Hashimoto's here's some pills, which I took for my thyroid. And I went on with life till about four years later, I hit the wall and it has been a constant battle since then. And so there, there was a, I had to make some pretty significant uh, choices. I mean, Intel's very intense I had to make choices about balance and sleep and very strict diet. I always worked out for stress relief. And so I, at some point in time I started winning and then I took a job as an opstructor for a corporate VP for about two and a half years. And it was insane. It was insane. I mean, I liked it, but it was insane. I worked way too much and I lost all my boundaries and I slit, I basically had, I mean, I was actually in my mind thinking, am I going to have to retire Mm-hmm. So we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so for me, it's just, you know, balance it now, especially with COVID, I've had to actually do things I've never done before. Like I block off my lunch, I block off, I will allow a certain amount of 7 a.m. meetings and certain amount of 5 p.m. And so I negotiate either with myself or my boss, but those are, that's one of the criteria is about um, picking a job.
0: And that is excellent that you touched on that. And I really haven't touched on that on any previous um, podcast. So I'm so glad we're talking about that here. Boundaries. Um, Boundaries are so important and they're so difficult to set, especially when you're building your career and you don't want to be considered a person who pushes back on things or who's not willing to do things. But um, in your case, obviously, the health issues that was a driving factor but but everyone should have mm-hmm. health and and space and rest and and recuperation and family time as priorities and built into uh, their considerations of setting their own boundaries what what advice other advice would you say for someone who's afraid of being looked at in those ways? working longer and Output is
1: not what you get gets promoted. Um, Maybe when you're more junior, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it does not get you more promoted. And there is some pretty fascinating research, especially with women, that uh, they have a tendency to focus on output. And we fool ourselves that producing more is going to get us promoted. And it does not. It's having impact. And so it also, you walk away with a lot, if you're really busy, you will not get tapped for the strategic opportunities. Mm. So it's kind of looking at it in a different lens because we think if we do all the work, we're going to be rewarded. And often we are not.
0: Well, I have learned that. And I would say I've learned that more recently, probably in the last couple of years of, of my career is to really, when I have a full plate or when I have a full inbox, I look at, what aligns to, um, my insights review and, and what I'm being held accountable for.
1: Right. And that's a, and that's perfect because usually when we get really busy, we get very myopic and Mm -hmm. we forget to step back and think, what are the priorities? What are the bigger priorities that I've talked to my boss about? And so it's, that's just a, that's a really good advice for anybody.
0: Um so I love that you're a coach. Intel has an amazing coaching and mentoring program uh, available to all employees. How did you get into coaching? What was involved and what drew you to coaching? I'm so curious. All
1: right, so this was quite a while ago. I've been a coach for over 15 years. So in about 2003, I kept hearing these conversations with a group of people where someone was asking these amazing questions. And I, now I laugh because I, I went around to like instructors and I kept saying, is there a book? I, and I would try to explain it. And finally, I think I landed on David Dotledge Act- Actionable Coaching. I think that's the name of it. And it's very small, but it talked about kind of some, um, I, he had a one page was there, here's 10 things. And if, you know, you have like six or seven, you're probably a natural coach. And that it gave me the ability to start having a conversation with my manager. And he was awesome because even though I had to negotiate just a bit with him and put it in my development plan, Intel did pay for my coaching certification, and it's it's about a year um, most programs, and this one was in Santa Barbara, which was you know beautiful, <laughs> um, and it was right brain. So I got my MBA while I was working at Intel. That was that was wicked, wicked, wickedly hard. Like there was no sleep. No social life, nothing. But the coaching, it's very right brain. So it was very doable on top of a, a full time job. And then from there, um, so you get a certificate. And then uh, now it's really the, I think, one of the main uh, companies, International Coaching Federation does the accreditation. So when I was doing it, you know, people were like, oh, it'd be nice if you were accredited. But now it's, it's a standard thing. Yeah, I mean, people, most coaches, they'll say, are you, are you accredited? Um, just because the the industry has grown quite a bit.
0: Can you talk about the coaching program? Um, and what specifically, like, do you have a specialty? I mostly coach internal
1: to Intel. I mean, there's lots of coaches that are coaches at Intel and also take clients outside. And this is my balance. So Uh, mm -hmm. occasionally I'll do something outside, but mostly I do inside. I do. Um, so we have a, we have profiles and, um, I, I do spot coaching is one of them where someone will, anybody, really, it will be anybody. They'll just schedule an hour and they have a very specific, like one thing. It's usually ah. one hour. Now, I also do assessments. I have uh, Hogan, which is a leadership, and then Corn Ferry, which is some of the stuff we're doing for our executives profiling and so that will go through spots coaching too, if it's not a client that I'm working with. And then there's leadership, which is more of a, you know, with Intel, since we have a common language, it can be three to four months um, externally. A lot of times it's six months and those are longer term. And I've done quite a bit of that. And I tend to, um, if you read my profile, for some reason, I draw people who are looking for transitions mm-hmm. So I don't have a special. And by the way, I, I, I do coach men. But for some reason, I, I tend to be coaching a lot of women. And so people who are either thinking about making a change or negotiating their current situation or think they need to get promoted. Those are the people that for some reason tend to um, do. Uh, that's the kind of leadership coaching I tend to do.
0: What, if I may ask, um, do you see as a common thread or theme amongst those women who seek you out for those transitioning points in their career? You know, um, well, the first one,
1: unfortunately, is we'll be talking and they want a promo. And my first question is, what did your manager say? Mm -hmm. And 99% of the time, they're like, oh, I didn't tell him or her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk. Let's start with the beginning, like. You won't get promoted if you don't ask for it, or at least have a conversation about it. So that's very, very common. Um, most of the time, coaching because it's a it's a peer relationship. You know, we don't get performance problems, so we we, we wouldn't coach someone who is saying, "I'm failing." So that's mm-hmm. that's not. We don't get that. That goes to some other place. Um, so that's the first one. Balance you know, how do I do set my priorities? And a lot of that is what we just talked about. Well, what are the priorities in your insights? What are the priorities of your job? So mostly it's transition. Um, and I think, you know, we do, sometimes we do mission work, you know, like, do they have a personal mission? You know, what, what's, you know, what's their purpose? Um, you know, what are they, what does success look like? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, I've had a few where communication, you know, you know, they're having some conflicts and then we talk about patterns, like how much, what do they own versus
0: what is another person. But a lot of it is transition. Ah, that's, that's so great that you're there helping women through these, um, these steps. I think that's just fantastic. When it comes to networking, we know in, in a big corporation, it can be difficult, but it can be also just so important what tips do you have around advice for someone who wants who should be doing networking that's just not comfortable with it? Uh, well, first, I'm going to
1: say networking is really important. And it's really important to do networking inside and outside of Intel
0: mm-hmm. or
1: any company you're in because mm-hmm. uh, you never know where all of a sudden you may be leaving Intel and you don't know anybody. Um, I think it becomes just some very specific things. You have to be authentic to yourself. So maybe, especially if someone's an introvert, I'm like, don't make small talk because, you know, you don't just because you think it is. I said, do something that's purpose driven. Like I'd say, hey, Mary, tell me about your job and what are your top two challenges? And then you start get it. You can actually paint a picture as you're talking with people And, and, you know, sometimes it's a social thing, but, um, and there's all kinds of groups you can do networking in. So you could do one of the employee, uh, resource groups where they have events. And I think part of it is to try to get where they're comfortable. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What are you most proud of through, of your career? I had to think about this one. I, so (laughs) I started when I started Intel, uh, I actually was hired as a contractor, and I was doing a sabbatical coverage. And then they, you know, when they came back, they offered me, it was like an, I don't know, I loaded the factory, kind of an analyst job. And I it was still, there was still a hiring freeze. But I started as an hourly non-exempt, even though I had a degree. So the, uh, for people who know Intel's grade system, that was a 35. And I got promoted through, up through the non-exempt, which would have been two more levels. And the, we don't even have a grade two anymore. Grade two, all the way up to director.
0: And I, I feel pretty proud about that. That is something to be very, very proud of. That's, that's wonderful. If you could tell your 20-year-old self something, what would it be? Oh,
1: I would have not to strive so hard that basically um, if I hadn't, you know, I kind of was very intense and I think basically things work out how they're supposed to. And sometimes they may not work out the way you wanted them, but it it could be better. So I probably wouldn't have um, stressed on that as much as I did. What's
0: the best piece of career advice you've ever received?
1: Gosh, this was quite a while ago. There was a, there was a fellow, she came from academia and she was speaking at one of the women's conferences. And um, she was talking a little bit about how business started from the military. So it was very male dominated. She had a lot of research and I reached out to her after the conference because she said a few things that kind of were life changing for me Um, at the time. uh, So some of the research she shared with me is that women can get very attached to their data analysis or whatever they're presenting. So it's their baby, their project. Mm -hmm. So when they present, they get defensive because it's theirs. And by gosh, everything's right, because they just spent a lot of time getting it right, where generically speaking, men don't do this. So they don't get defensive. And that I was experiencing that in my career at that time. And I, of course, was the only woman on a staff. And I went and I did a lot of research and her and I've used it a lot in coaching to say, have you found? And so I've had it reinforced many times. But by really understanding that I can have a dialogue about this data and it doesn't reflect on me, whether people accept it or not was a pretty big shift that I, what I needed and, um, to continue to advance. And so, and just from stress, it's a lot less stressful too.
0: That's such great advice. And and when you say it, it makes so much sense, but you don't realize it until it's said out loud. Yes, exactly. I mean, I remember
1: her speaking and I about fell off my chair thinking, oh my God, that's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) um what does to be bolder mean to you
1: to me it's uh I think it's really important to be authentic to yourself um you gotta you gotta get uncomfortable and stretch yourself stretch yourself and then take some risk mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what it means to me what is next
0: for you where do you see yourself in
1: three to five years well, definitely, you know, as I said, yeah, yeah, I've been in this job for a year. So in about a year, I'll be looking for a different job. But, you know, in the three to five year time frame, I'll be transitioning out of Intel. And I think you uh, will probably obviously be into coaching in more of a pro, you know, what I call pro-retirement. So probably not full-time and maybe more giving back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether I'm not going to, like making money is not going to be on my top three priorities. <laughs> it would be like, can I give back to the community? Can I work with like high school kids or women who need it? Um, and since I don't have it quite figured out, I just have this kind of high level. I'm actually working with um, Pam Dittner, a very gifted mm-hmm. marketing professional. And we're kind of mapping that out. So it's, you know, I'm, that's my plan is to kind of get it, get it so I can have like um, a fairly dynamic, but uh, guideline of what that might look like.
0: You, you have to be so proud of having that as like where you are in life, um, still having a fulfilling career now, but knowing that your next um, season or chapter, you don't have to think about money in the sense of it being a driving decision maker that you actually get to look at like just truly what what do you want to fill your days and what kind of impact you have. That That is... It's a gift. I mean, I feel very grateful. It's very, very grateful. Well, that's fantastic. Um, Any good books or podcasts you can recommend? All right. I have a couple. So I'm I'm actually right now in a master level,
1: it's called systemic team coaching um, program, which is awesome. So all the books I'm reading there, no, I wouldn't be recommending them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have two books. And then uh, one of my coaching clients, at what, when we were finished, he gave me uh, subscription to masterclass, which oh, by the way, masterclass. and of course wow. I am. So I mentioned, I have a very strict diet, but I love food. And so I cook a lot. And so Thomas Keller, Gordon Ramsay, I'm, I'm all about the cooking classes and uh, it's, I so enjoy that. And I've, I've probably got three or four other people. I'm like, you have to do it. I bought it for my mother for Christmas or uh, sorry, my dad bought it for her, but (laughs) (laughs) I bought it for him. Um, The two that I, you know, as I was looking that I think are great books, especially for women is the art of possibility, not a new book. It's been out for a long time. Um, But the other one is called thanks for the feedback. And it's by, it's Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen. And I saw Sheila. She actually came to one of our coaching face-to-faces. And the reason this book is fantastic is it talks about how you receive feedback. And most people aren't very good at it. And they recognize that. And so I, I really think it's a good book to look at.
0: Well, I love that you just gave me a new book that I hadn't ever heard of, and I'm sure the audience may or may not have, but um, thank you for that. And the masterclass, I actually got that for myself for Christmas uh, last year. And uh, I highly recommend that as well. So that's amazing. Okay. Before we wrap up, anything else that you wanted to say that we haven't touched on? I want to make sure that you have this opportunity with such a rich career to share. Well, first, thank you, Mary. This is this has
1: been really fun. And I mean, because I'm managing a podcast from, you know, a different end. I am so thrilled. I'm calling this project of yours, your personal passion project. And I'm, I'm really impressed. I, you know, a lot of people are passionate about something, but they don't actually put into fruition. So I'm very impressed about that. And I think um, for me where I'm at, you know, COVID is a very interesting situation. And I just, uh, I feel very, grateful for both the people that I have in my life, not that I get to see very many of them and just the work that I'm doing, because I think it would be, um, pretty difficult to be going through this thing without those connections and, and the, the, this, um, coaching systemic team coaching, I meet with a team every week. Mm -hmm. And so those, those are kind of my keeping me grounded in this strange time. And I feel very grateful for that.
0: Well, thank you very much. Um, how could someone get in touch with you if they wanted to uh, reach out to you and learn more? Uh, LinkedIn or Twitter? Um, Twitter, you may see a whole
1: bunch of security posts <laughs> and definitely podcasts, but LinkedIn for sure. I, I own the social um, media um, for our podcast, So I'm actually on it quite a lot.
0: Oh, good. Well, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you joining me on a Saturday to record this and just sharing your story. Uh, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. This has uh, been very enjoyable. Thanks for listening to the episode today. It was really fun chatting with my guest. If you liked our show, please like it and share it with your friends. If you want to learn what we're up to, please go check out our website at 2 com. That's the number two, little b, com.